Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Darkcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing this, I'm not reading the script for the intro for this, which I, I normally do, um, because... Oh god, so much. Um, so the Darkcast is, is generally a, a bi-weekly show where we critique and celebrate video games for... A lot of this past year, we have been celebrating some of our favorite games from the past 10 years, and uh, we're, we're doing something a little bit different with this episode. Uh, instead of doing that, we're going to be talking about something new, kind of like when Alan and I talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, a month ago, or a couple of years ago, maybe? I'm not really sure. 2020 is... <laughs> Is going on really, really long. Uh, but so joining me for this episode is Alan Kessinger. Hello. And we will be talking about The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, but before we get into that, um, if, if you're not aware of just everything going on, uh, specifically in the, the U.S., but also just worldwide as far as protests and riots go, uh, protesting against uh, police brutality... I just want to take a moment here at the very beginning of the show to take a moment of silence. It's not a big thing, but it's, I don't know, I, I think to not do it would be um, would be to dishonor uh, all the men and women that have been victimized and oppressed and, and killed um, because of racism uh, all over the world. But right now, I guess, you know, we're kind of specifically focusing on the U.S., so this is specifically for Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, but also, again, for everybody else, so just a moment of silence. Not sure how long moments of silence are supposed to last. Um, that that felt pretty good. Okay, that good. felt pretty good to good. me. <laughs> All right. Um, it's always it's always weird in some sort of like if you go to a Christmas service or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Easter, and you're at a church and they're like, okay, you know, everybody take a moment and pray, and they give you like four seconds, and then somebody else starts talking. You're just like, right. I, <laughs> I didn't say anything in that time. Right. So so hopefully that was that was a good little. <laughs> A little moment. Um, okay, so so now we're going to talk... Now we're going to do a complete 180 and talk about right. <laughs> a super crazy violent video game, and that is The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I got to review it, which I was, I was not expecting, um, but it was, it was kind of funny. Joel, the, the editor and owner of the site, had messaged me, and he was like, hey, can you do this? And I'm just like I don't know. I've gotten very comfortable in the past year because well, let's let's just go back. What we're gonna do my entire review history on on Dark Station, not really, <laughs> but I started with the website reviewing Chapter stuff. Chapter one. Yes, <laughs> I started reviewing stuff and and I loved it. And then I started doing podcasts and I started interviewing the people that make games. And I specifically mm-hmm. remember interviewing the guy that. Uh, basically resurrected the Leisure Suit Larry franchise and <laughs> and was behind the remaster of that. 
and we were talking to him like a month before the game came out, and he was so excited about this remake. Mm-hmm. And I didn't review it. Somebody else did. And we just, like, destroyed that game in our review, <laughs> as did, like, everybody else. Yeah. And it dawned on me, and I'm ashamed to say this, that, like, it took into, like, my mid-20s before this dawned on me, but nobody sets out to make a bad game. No, no, absolutely uh, it, not. It's not, you know... It, if somebody writes a report and you do peer reviews in high school or college, like you can always tell the guy that literally pulled the paper out of his butt the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people have a talent for that and can do that sure. well, but then sure. there's the guy that just did not try at all. Um, and so you can always tell that person. But nobody is pulling a video game out of their butt like 12 hours before it's due. Right. Right. Um, people put blood, sweat, and tears into video games. And and nobody is trying to make a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, like, my my soul was kind of crushed. And, like, <laughs> I, I had the hardest time being critical of video games. Because, sure. like, they tried so hard, man. Right, yeah. And, you know, and <laughs> count, you know, writing a bad review is not fun. I mean, I know that these days... Like anger sells, outrage yes. sells. Um, you can go on YouTube and see page after page of clever video thumbnail of someone just being super angry or calling out something as being very bad. Um, but like, you know, bad reviews are hard to write as, as just as good reviews are hard to write because, you know, like you said, no one's setting out to, to make a piece of crap. <laughs> and it's even more so when it's not, I mean, we can laugh at the big faceless AAA companies and stuff, but it's when it's somebody who's, you know, spent years and years working on something and it just doesn't kind of come together. Or that vision just doesn't pass from creator to observer. Like it's, it's bad. Like I, I feel bad. And, you know, I want if not to be so kind of, down the middle but like i want i want all games to be good and i don't want games to be bad because there's so much you know time investment in those who make them and i want everything to succeed but sometimes they don't and that stuff is not usually fun to write they we take no pleasure in tearing stuff down yes some people do but i certainly don't yeah me neither um so so i had a hard time writing reviews for for the site for a long time um and it, it really wasn't until I took a break from stuff uh, to, to change careers. And so I was pretty much I, – I still got our weekly emails, but I was not active on the site for about a year and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's when the, the podcast went dark, and then we came back um, later. And, and once I started to get in the groove of things and um, I was able to start kind of like just – Picking my review, so instead of I remember one of the first video games that I reviewed for Dark Station was a 2D brawler uh, on the I think FX show Ugly Americans, and it oh, was yeah. god awful, <laughs> like it was terrible. And Joel was like, "Yeah, I like to give people bad video games as their first one to review to see if they'll stick around." Just <laughs> like That's that great. makes That's so great. much sense now. Um, oh my god. So- <laughs> So sorry, Joel, if I'm spilling your secrets here. Uh, I am drinking wine as as we do this because I don't know if I can talk about this game without having some alcohol in me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> but uh but yeah that uh, that game was god awful and so i haven't been forced to write a terrible review in a long time and i it's now kind of come to the point where like i just pick and choose usually indie games because a lot of times mm-hmm. uh we get we get codes every week for a whole bunch of different games some games are huge some games are small um and a lot of the games that I review aren't even ones that we get codes for. I just request them around the time that they come out because it's something that I'm hoping will be good and I would like to use my air quotes, you know, status as a reviewing personage on the interwebs, uh, all of that in air quotes, um, mm. to hopefully elevate something that that's good. Uh, so like yeah. one of the recent games that I got to review was Cloudpunk and that game is mm-hmm. fantastic. Alan, mm-hmm. I know that you're looking forward to the console version. They just Very updated much. it with like a, a first person mode, which is really oh. cool. And so randomly, if if you're interested in Cloudpunk at all, listening to a The Last of Us Part Two <laughs> podcast, uh, you should definitely check out the new first person mode. It is the way to play that game. Is there a cockpit um, view? Like, is not there... yet, not yet. Okay. But they have that is one of their goals. Uh, okay, so I'm cool. hoping all of this will, you know, just be there when it, when it comes <laughs> to consoles. Nice. Um, but they, yeah. So anyway, uh, I wasn't expecting to review this. Joel does a lot of our, uh, especially like big title PlayStation mm-hmm. games, um, and so I just kind of assumed he would do it. And so he asked me, and I just I got kind of nervous because like I don't. I don't do big games anymore. Like I, I just you know I, I play my little indie games and I give them my four and a half stars or whatever, <laughs> and I call it a day. Right. Um, and uh, and he was like, "Yeah, well, Alan doesn't want to play this game." That's and, right. That's correct. Um, <laughs> and I'm moving across the country, and my PlayStation Four is currently in like Oklahoma, so. <laughs> Not is like, let me change that. It's not, do you want to play this game? Are you willing to do this review? You have a week. It's like, right. oh, oh God. Okay. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. So, um, so I was looking forward to this game. I was not looking forward to a sequel to the last of us after I finished mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, oh, the first yeah, one yeah. is, it's my favorite naughty dog game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have gone on record many times and I will continue to do so that the first uncharted game is not a good game. Uh, it has great characters, okay um, and for the time, it has excellent graphics, but mm-hmm. the the shooting <laughs> mechanics and just everything about playing that game is not good. It's slightly better on the PS4, but mm-hmm. still not, like, good. It's no Uncharted 3, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I liked Uncharted 2 and 3 a little more, um, and the PlayStation 4 is actually, like, why I... Or the PlayStation... Or, uh, holy crap. The Last of Us is why I got a PS3. There we go. Sure. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. And uh, I, so I think I actually played The Last of Us before I played Uncharted 1, 2, or 3. So that's also mm-hmm. probably part of why I didn't like it. Because this is... While there's definitely a difference in tone and kind of over-the-topness in terms of just, you know, crazy things happening... Right. Um, Uncharted and The Last of Us are still kind of on the same continuum, especially mm-hmm. when Uncharted 4 came out and it adopted a lot of the mechanics of yeah. The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, so, 
So given all that, I was I was not excited about a sequel because leave Joel and Ellie alone, mm-hmm. don't touch them, stay away. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for me, it was like the idea of having to play, you know, twelve however many hours of that again. <laughs> you switch over child, abs- twelve hours. Ha <laughs> ha. It's just, yeah, right. You know, I have no concept of time anymore. Um, but having to play through another one of the, like, I, I was firmly, staunchly against playing this game and not because I think it's bad. I, I'm, I'm sure it is, it is a naughty dog masterpiece, you know, done at the expense of crunch. Um, but like the first game is just, to me, I came away with it. That that game is just filled with the most abject misery, uh, uh, portraits of human misery. And being at E3 and seeing the, you know, trailer, being in the crazy church um, and oh, yeah. seeing that footage for, <laughs> for, for, for the second game, I was like, I can't, like, I can't even replay that game and get past the intro mm. where it's uh, Joel and his little girl. So, and uh, I can't, yeah. I can't come away from that not feeling terrible. And I have to commend you for taking on this project when the world itself is terrible and, and awful. And like, I mean, I've played more animal crossing has done so much for my mental health that like the idea of playing last of us two in this climate just seems laughable to me, but you took on this challenge and you did it. (laughs) You did it, um, and I commend you for it. Well, thank you. Uh, so, so yeah, we got the game uh, just a little over a week before the embargo is is up. Um, so reviews and everything will be coming out on June 12th. The game comes out on June 19th. And I was really worried about finishing the game because the last time I got a game actually like pre-release for embargo mm-hmm. was a RPG last year called Greedfall, which I, I mm. really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also, I'm still really confused about other people's reviews on that game because mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, pretty much everybody got the code the weekend before the game came out. So we're saying like a Friday, the game comes out on Tuesday. Embargo mm-hmm. was that Monday and there were reviews dropping on that Monday. That game took me 70 hours to beat. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying other people lied, but I'm not <laughs> saying they didn't. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the last time that happened, I did not meet the embargo date because I was like, I'm not like the game's not done. Like I have to mm-hmm. finish it. And like, I, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm finishing this game. And so I was really kind of worried going into this one. It's like, Oh God, they're talking about this being their biggest game ever. Oh God, I can do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I played it. Uh, I played it for like a good 12 hours one day. And then on Sunday, uh, just a few days ago from when we're recording now, basically the, the Sunday before the embargo goes up, whatever day that is, I don't do math. It's the sixth, uh, no seventh. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, I got up and started playing the game at about nine a.m. and I finished the game, taking breaks to eat and you know use the restroom and stuff like that. I finished the game at about one a.m. Monday morning. Oof. Oof. Um, and I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and played a video game literally 
all day long into mm-hmm. the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, and that was an emotional time. Um, so there, there's so much about this game. It's it's weird though. Uh, I I am a little worried for some people because Naughty Dog mm-hmm. has had a record of making some radical leaps in quality for their games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically from Uncharted one to two, mm-hmm. and then from Uncharted three to The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And from Uncharted three to Uncharted four, like mm-hmm. there there are huge jumps, and this very much feels like a second The Last of Us. There mm-hmm. is no Uncharted two level of quality jump. There's no Uncharted four level of quality jump. I mean, the graphics are superb, and right. going back and, and I booted up the original game just to double check, and it is a large jump. But mm-hmm. it it's weird when you're playing it; it doesn't feel that way. Like it, it feels it, it, feels, it feels like, like you're just picking up. Yes, this um, is this is the Godfather two of The Last of Us. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. So in in a lot of ways, like I'm not allowed to uh, to talk really about anything in the story. Uh, basically, the 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 little bit that I can say is that it takes place four years after. Uh, the first game, okay. and uh, things happen, and Ellie has to leave Jackson, which is the the town that you end up in in the, the first game, um, okay. and you have to go to Seattle. That's it. That's all I can okay. say. Okay, hmm. uh, but so it's a it's a road it's a road it's a road video game. No, no. So oh. base the journey from Jackson to Seattle is basically covered in a cutscene. Got it. Okay. The vast majority of the game takes place in Seattle. Got it. Okay. Um, so it's not it's not at all open world. There are a few chapters where you start from like the same location and mm-hmm. say you're like on a street corner, and so it's a, a four way stop. On mm-hmm. one level, you go down one street, and then that takes you to a completely different environment. And one, okay. you go down another street. And it's it's that sort of thing. You you'll see the same environments a couple of times. Sure. Um, but it, it's not like revisiting environments the way it was in like the first Halo, where you're literally mm-hmm. just playing through levels backwards. <laughs> um, so uh, there are so that this is Naughty Dog's biggest game. Uh, mm-hmm. When I finish the game, the timer reads twenty eight hours and forty six oh. minutes. Oh, uh, it do is... we know how long the first one was? Um, so looking at how long to beat dot com, it says mm-hmm. like fifteen hours uh, wow. for okay. like regular people and like twenty hours for completionists. Mm. Um, so it's it's lengthy, and looking at how long to beat as well for. Um, Uncharted Four. That's like seventeen to twenty hours. So mm-hmm. this is this is longer than even Uncharted Four, and a lot of. And I don't think it has the same pacing issues though as Uncharted Four, where mm-hmm. that at multiple points I was like, okay, this is very long in the tooth. We need to wrap this up. Right. Um, yes. This I very much stayed engaged with uh, mm-hmm. throughout. So. In talking about uh, brutality earlier and talking about this game and, and really why you're not playing it, like this game like glorifies violence may not be the right word, but it does feel like it kind of revels in its own mm. violence. Uh, there, there's a lot of blood and gore 
and nastiness in this game. And it's never it's never shown to be like this is awesome. Like it, the camera right. doesn't slow down uh as somebody hits somebody in the face with a keyboard and you see their teeth flying mm-hmm. uh or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh but it it's just it's just constant. It's it's saturated. It so like one of the one of the more dour pieces of literature that I've read and I can't remember if maybe we did it for Gamers Read or not was uh The Road uh, by no. Cormac McCarthy. Um and but, that yeah. is a dark book that mm-hmm. has, you know, moments of violence in it, but like it was never violence for the sake of, you know, kind of showing not telling like how like, you know, human society has succumbed to this unknown cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never really about that though. Um, judging from your tone, it seems like the last of us too, like the violence is there for, for the sake of, Hey, this is violence and we're going to show it. Well, and- so it, it's hard to tell. So to an extent, the violence kind of needs to be there because while I can't talk about the actual plot, I do think there is a very strong message at this game. And mm. it's something that makes me appreciate this game and and to a level like more than any other Naughty Dog game. This is their most mm. mature st- storytelling um, aside from probably the last, or sorry, not the last of us, uh, Uncharted 4. And like, I, I, I love Uncharted 4 and kind of how it does a 180 on... Nathan Drake, and so mm-hmm. he's not just the lovable asshole that's always running into fire, but he mm-hmm. is, and now his relationship is like, you know, at, right. you know, potentially being ruined for right. the sake of him going after one last treasure. Um, so th- there's a heart to this story that, that talks about... Um, and I, I talk about this stuff in my review, and I probably say it more eloquently there. Hopefully I do. Uh, but th- there's a heart to the story that is about reciprocity and cyclical violence. So mm-hmm. reciprocity is simply the, the idea that you reap what you sow. And right. here it's very much the what one generation sows, the next generation will reap. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you tack onto that the idea of violence and that if somebody does violence, then somebody else will retaliate with violence, then the, you know, another person then feels wrong and retaliates with violence. It's the, the whole, the, the law of retaliation, an eye for an mm-hmm. eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. How long is it before we all just don't have eyes or teeth? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, you know, that sort of thing, because like, you couldn't really get away with that in a game like Uncharted, right. but like in in this new world here, where you know uh, people are struggling. I'm, I'm assuming people are still struggling to survive because the um, what do you call them? The cordyceps. Cord- I think the, the game just generally calls them the infected. But yeah, the, okay, uh, sure. The fungal, um, uh, the, the fungal, fungus yeah, zombies. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm. I'm assuming they still play a role in. Yes. Oh, absolutely. As, as, the the okay. zombies yeah. are absolutely still there. Yeah. Um, so I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it that theme it does hit harder given the circumstances that these characters kind of find themselves stuck in. Yeah. Um. So so given that, like violence, because it's part of the theme, 
violence has to be there. Blood and gore mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff kind of has to be there. But I don't know. And it, it's it's not – I don't have a problem with what you see in the cutscenes. But mm-hmm. I guess like when you're playing the game, uh, which there are large parts that you could do – uh, kind of like no kill run throughs uh, because right. at the end of the day this is a stealth game much like the first game and I think it's actually a better stealth game there are a lot of mechanics that make it more fun both to be stealthy and to be proactive in um, killing people uh, but also the ability to kind of seamlessly go back and forth between the two because in a lot of games that have a stealth mechanic once you go loud like there's no going back to being stealthy now you're right. you're stuck now you're just shooting everybody you're committed yeah um so this has a, a very fluid nature that allows you to kind of go back and forth and I, I found that to be a lot of fun and really it's it's kind of like in a way it's the funness of the game mixed with mm-hmm. the violence that I as a player am doing that mm-hmm. feels at odds with this message right um and so just just going back to like what you were talking about when people were like hooping and hollering uh, at the violence in, in the trailer, mm-hmm. like I'm afraid that the message is just going to be drowned out by people being like, oh, see, sick yeah. headshot. And yeah. oh, man, Top you 10 see that? Gory that kills yep, in exactly. uh, Last of Us Part 2. Exactly. Be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, and see, I don't know if maybe it's because I'm getting older, it's one of those things that just happens, but I'm, I'm finding that like, and you know, I'm not going to fault anybody for pursuing it on their own. You, you consume entertainment, how you consume entertainment, but I find myself actively pushing away from that sort of realistic, um, you know, human digital human on digital human violence. Um, especially, you know, I guess to Naughty Dog's credit, you know, it, it looks it looks as visceral as it needs to be. Right. I mean, this isn't doom where you're listening to heavy metal music as you're tearing uh, demons apart because, you know, rip and, t- rip and tear until the tearing's done. Um, but with this again, like these, you know, we used to like to think that, Oh, Hey, you know, this couldn't, this sort of thing can't really happen. And then <laughs> right. 2020 happened. And I'm like, Oh, so I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm just becoming more sensitive to the fact that sometimes it feels that we we live in a kind of era where like this is a few steps closer than what we already are. But do you ever felt did you ever feel like the violence was too much in this game? Because I while it happens a lot in the in the first one, really the only problem I had was with, if you got caught by a clicker they had that animation where it would run up to you and basically tear out your throat and oh yeah like, that's that's so that that's still there and that's still disgusting uh, um but did you ever find yourself like where it was you know maybe this is too much so so there there's one time um and i'm i'm gonna try to be super vague about it but it's it's a part that's actually in a trailer or some gameplay footage mm-hmm. um but there's a character that's being attacked and in the trailer or the footage, the camera cuts away like mm-hmm. as the attack is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the game that doesn't happen. You see the attack go through. 
Mm. And I did look away from the game as that happened because it right. was it was a lot. Mm. Um and I I don't think there's necessarily any one section that is quote unquote too much in in a lot of ways it's really just the the pervasiveness of it sure. it soaks the game through hmm. um oh. and that's not like i don't mean that necessarily as a bad thing and part of sure. this is really just an issue with with triple a games mm-hmm. um when they showed off, there was, there's like a 20-minute video that they did for one of the PlayStation events on YouTube. Um, and I remember seeing a comment on, on Twitter where they were like, yeah, we want you to experience Ellie's emotional journey. And literally the next clip is Ellie shooting a guy <laughs> with an exploding arrow. Um, and it's like, uh, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's the idea that games have to be fun. And mm-hmm. that is... Like I, I like to enjoy my games. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that this game shouldn't be enjoyable to play. Mm. Um, but the idea that games have to be fun and that you always have to ratchet things up. Right. Um, so we're, I don't know. Well, it's the, kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the whole GTA Four thing, where it's like you played as Nico Bellic, who comes to this, uh, 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 this new world and kind of wants to get away from his violent past and like, okay, now I'm going to have him plow through civilians so I can get a five-star rating and have the cops come after me with their tanks and like right. blowing shit up. And then the next cut scene is like, you know, I came here to get away from the violent. And like, you know, how do you reconcile all that? You know, it's, it's a video right. game. It and has this, to be fun. So, so here it, it's weird because it's not quite that level and it, it's not like the level of, um, the uh, the Tomb Raider reboot where you know Lara Croft La- sure. Lara Croft is being attacked, kills her first person, and then just from then on out like <laughs> murder machine, super right. accurate headshots all the time. Um, <laughs> it's not like that because Ellie is a competent character and she's competent at killing because in the world that she lives in where she goes out on patrols and you know has to kill the infected like she has to be good at that simply to survive and at no point i mean the the parts where a clicker like bites on your neck and Mm -hmm. you see like the terror in your character's face as they know Mm -hmm. they're gonna die like that's a lot um but as far as just general violence go there's especially with the infected there's no part um that feels like it's too much because mm-hmm. I don't know clickers. They're they're like the monster version of Nazis. Like they're they're <laughs> not okay. They're not good. There's no saving them. They're right. they're good bad guys and good right. bad guys. You don't necessarily feel remorse for when you kill. Mm-hmm. Um, just ask <laughs> B.J. Blauskowitz. Right. Um, <laughs> so it it's really the the human on human fighting where. <sighs> it becomes worrisome for me and it's really just like the the game is fun but i don't know i to to its credit about like the when you are fighting humans like i guess it's it's one thing to say that i like how at least it was in in the first last of us it was not like the um 
it's not like Captain America getting up saying, I could do this all day. It's it's ugly fighting. Like it it's is. it's grappling, it's uncoordinated, it's unheroic, it's just like this person is going to kill me, so I need to try and kill him before he can kill me. And it's just a lot of scuffling, a lot of rolling around on top of each other. And so, I mean, I, I kind of appreciate it on that level where it's not trying to like sensationalize or, or even, I guess, romanticize what a, you know, a life or death fist fight would look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And, and the fighting and the brawling is, is very ugly. It's not like super choreographed looking mm -hmm. you know it's it's not a marvel movie or, or, or right. a star wars movie or something like that um and from that yeah i i definitely appreciate it i get the thing is i don't know man the, the internet is dumb it's filled with <laughs> dumb people yes it is and i am occasionally <laughs> one of them i'm not denying that <laughs> but the the thing that i'm really worried about is i, I feel like this story has a good message and especially today with everything going on, and like I can't get into any specifics about why I think it's relevant today. It has nothing to do with race or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's a message for today, and there are a lot of people that uh, maybe don't think that they're racist, but actually are, could potentially play this game and maybe have some wheels start to turn in their head. And I'm worried that just the abject violence that is going on in the game moment after moment for nearly 30 hours is just going to completely wash the potential of that away. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing that I'm worried about with, with all of this. Um, and like I said, it, it's kind of a uniquely triple a problem because you've always got to make it fun you've always got to escalate things you've always got to you know get to the point where you're dual reeling rocket launchers or something and that that doesn't actually happen in this game but um that series of escalations is kind of you know necessary whereas mm -hmm. a game like cloudpunk there's no combat in that game there's no there's no escalating anything it's it's an exploration and driving game and you're delivering packages in this cd blade runner slash fifth <laughs> element style world and if it was a triple a game then there would definitely be combat and there would be a yeah. final boss that you have to fight and it would have right. three stages and all of this other stuff <laughs> They would flash uh, red as they got weaker. <laughs> yes, and there would be orange glowy parts that show you that's where you need to shoot. Um, so, it, But at the same time, this being a AAA game is what allows it to have the suite of accessibility options that it has. And right. this has a huge suite of accessibility options. Like, it's become relatively common, especially for AAA games, to have, you know, you'll have your regular subtitles, but that you, you can color code them, and you can have uh, the name of the character there with the subtitle. You can put a black background behind the words to make them easier to read, or have them larger or smaller. Uh, but this this has a whole host of things. This has, like, hmm. pre-programmed control scouts, control schemes that make it easier to play the game with one hand. Uh, this has a high contrast mode, which basically makes the environment look like it's just gray boxed. Um, mm -hmm. And enemies show up in like super bright 
red or blue and you're the opposite color so that you always see the the moving figure mm-hmm. in the game uh this has audio cues to uh help you navigate the environment it has big you can turn on big visual arrows that basically show you which way to go in the world uh there, there's there's so much here that simply wouldn't be possible with a smaller studio because you have to mm-hmm. have money time and resources to do stuff like this um so on on that hand like it's fantastic that it's there and i hope every other developer looks at this game and not just as you know not as a pinnacle for how we can make games more inclusive for people mm-hmm. to play but um but as just a strong example of almost where to start rather right um, yeah. So it's, I don't know, I, one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games, and we talked about this in our Assassin's Creed talk, uh, is, is Black Flag um, Freedom Cry. Mm-hmm. And that game has this really oppressive air because you are at a Wale, you're a, an African um, who has become an assassin and you have your own ship now. And you're in uh, Haiti, uh, mainly at the the city of Port-au-Prince. And there are slave auctions on seemingly every corner in that city. And you can kill the auctioneers and you can free the slaves. And literally 30 seconds later, you can come back to that area and there are more slaves to Mm -hmm. sell. And Mm -hmm. it's incredibly oppressive in that, like, you know, normally in a, a Far Cry game or whatever, you... Uh, you go through a base and you kill the bad guys and it's free. You've done it. You saved the day. Good job. Right. But you can't save the day here. Um, but on the flip side, because they need an upgrade mechanic and, well, you're, you're always freeing slaves, why don't we just make it once you free 20 slaves, you can unlock this on your ship. And once you right. free 40 slaves, so they're, they're literally making slaves currency in that game. So it's <laughs> it's a crazy picture of you know, something that you could do fantastically with a AAA game and also just how AAA stuff very much hampers uh, a potential message that you're trying to get across. And that that mm-hmm. is a lot of what this game is. And it, it's not unique. And so I don't necessarily want to... I don't want to deduct points or overly criticize this game specifically... Um, because of this, because this is this is a like big league game problem. This happened. This sort of thing happens all the time. I mean, going back to uh, 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 Grand Theft Auto Four and Tomb Raider two thousand what thirteen? I think is when that one came out. I think um, so. Like this, this is constant, and it's it's everywhere. Those are two very easy examples that people like to point to a lot. And I think The Last of Us 2 is going to be another example that people point to. Um, at the end of the day, though, for me, when I got done with it, it was very emotionally impactful. And I didn't quite cry. I got very close. Mm-hmm. But it's still very much emotionally hitting. And, and I guess because partially because it impacted me, I hope that it impacts others and I'm worried about any potential thing that could get in the way of that. Um, right. Right. So 
one thing I wanted to know was one of the things I did not like about Uncharted 4, and I had trouble kind of enunciating um, this until I was talking with my brother about it, who is in the show business. Um, And the thing that bugged me about Uncharted 4 was that I felt like Naughty Dog was kind of, you're playing the game and Neil Druckmann is, is there with you. It's like, okay, okay, here, oh, wait, no, this part's coming up. Here, here, let me take the control. Let me, okay, let me show you this part here. Let me, let me, like, let me, let me take control away from you so I can show you this thing. So essentially it, it, Uncharted 4 felt to me like you'd have little snippets of gameplay in between these lengthy kind of cutscenes where it almost felt like Naughty Dog was um, showing off. Um, like, Hey, look at our use of technology, how we can direct these scenes that look, have realistic, uh, lighting and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and, and to me that really hurt the pacing of that game. Do you, do you, what, what's the pacing like for this one? Because from, from the bits of last of us two that I've seen, it always, it seems like this game is just a series of moments and like, are you just like playing so you can get to a cutscene, or does it feel a little bit more? Um, you know, organic that way. Like, I mean, as far as like, do you ever feel like pacing suffers at all through the like twenty eight hours? I think you said yes, uh, almost twenty nine hours. Um, mm-hmm. so I I think the pacing is actually very strong. Um, in a lot of ways, the the overall pacing is actually very similar to the DLC for The Last of Us. Um, oh, okay left behind yeah and so it feels it actually feels really balanced um when thinking about like how much time you spend fighting stuff how much time you spend just kind of walking around exploring environments and how much time you spend watching cutscenes. Mm-hmm. uh make no mistake there are some pretty lengthy cutscenes, and like when mm-hmm. the, the game starts it almost it feels like you're watching a new tv show or something mm-hmm. there's there's some hefty cutscenes going on um there are a lot of cutscenes and there Mm -hmm. are a lot of moments that kind of take control away but it never it never got in the way uh Mm -hmm. i never felt like i was being interrupted uh each kind of combat scenario uh feels feels good actually one of of the things that i mentioned in my review one of my favorite parts of the first game is the hotel and then the hotel basement and then the financial district in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. uh which specifically the so the hotel is great because i think it's like two floors and you can go outside of the hotel and you've got you know half a dozen enemies kind of patrolling that area um and so you can move around pretty freely and take people out stealthily and or just try to get by them completely. And I, I found that to be really enjoyable. And then the the hotel basement is probably the scariest point in the whole game. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first time you fight a bloater. Um, but anyway... Uh, so that's, and, and then you get out into the financial district, which is the first time that like Ellie becomes like a really active part of combat mm-hmm. where she's up on some like rafters, uh, shooting with a rifle and you have this big like courtyard area in yeah. between two smaller stores. And so from there you've got 
I don't know, maybe a dozen people and you're kind of like moving around and it can make for some very interesting encounters. Um, Whereas that's like the only section of the game that's like that in the first game. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of sections like that in the new game. You have a lot of encounters that you have a lot more space to move around in and Mm -hmm. you're dealing with not just like four dudes, but a dozen and and then you throw in other elements like now some patrols have dogs and dogs can sniff you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can oh, pet no. dogs at certain points of the game, so don't be too don't feel too bad about it. But you you do have to kill some dogs if if you want to get by. Mm. Um, but uh, so they they can sniff you out, and so that means you have to be much more mobile and kind of moving through the environment. You can't just kind of like sit in a corner and use your you know silence pistol and and just shoot everybody in the head, um, right? And so I found that kind of like forced activity. Uh, then coupled with the game's new dodge mechanic, so when somebody swings at you or tries to grab you, you can just press the uh, left bumper. And basically, it's it's actually very similar to Lara Croft's kind of like crawl dodge thingy that she does. Um, so you can kind of you know just get barely out of arm's reach from somebody, right? And it's super useful, especially with the infected, because they don't really have long range attacks. They're just mm-hmm. you know running towards mm-hmm. you and trying to grab you. Um, and then the other element that that is a a big change is you can now lie prone and there's tall grass. Uh, oh. Because now every game that has any sort of stealth has to have tall grass uh, for well, sure. Um, Thank you, Metal Gear Solid Three. Right. <laughs> um, and so that's like you—you you can now evade enemies a little easier, and you can run away and you know get into some tall grass, and you can kind of rebalance the scales from from when you were being stealthy, and then things went crazy, and you shot one guy, and you dodged somebody else, and then you ran away, and you hid for a little bit, so, you know, they, they don't just go back to, oh, I guess they're gone now, they, they're actively looking for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I never had a moment where, you know, some dude's buddy was killed right beside him, and five minutes later, he's just like, well, I guess they're gone. I'll right. just go back to sitting down. Thankfully, that never happens because that's always a ridiculous part of stealth games. <laughs> um, but I, I again, I found that dynamic like really fun, and I, I think this is a better stealth game than the first game was. Which I, the the proper way to play these games is stealthfully. Uh, uh-huh. If you're just running and gunning, this is not Uncharted. You should not be doing that. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I found that dynamic just to be. Really fun. In in some ways, not really in any specific mechanical way, but it reminded me a lot of the Batman Arkham games and mm-hmm. then the the last Splinter Cell game, Blacklist, mm-hmm. uh, which that it specifically in Blacklist it had a play style called Panther, which was specifically about, you know, like throwing a smoke grenade into some enemies and then like running in and using your knife and you know slitting all their necks because America, I guess. <laughs> um, and like it's it's this kind of power infused version of stealth. So instead of just sitting in the shadows and waiting for the perfect time to you know get a headshot or something, it makes stealth much more active. Um, okay, and I that's found cool. I found that to be very enjoyable. Yeah, um, that's nice. And I have, yeah, just, I have I have little patience for stealth games these days, so that's kind of nice to hear. I mean, um, I still don't plan on playing this game but that's good to know 
It's good to know. Yeah, it's for for people that aren't a huge fan of stealth games, like this is this is a pretty good stealth game. Uh, I played it on moderate, and there's I think light and very light below it in mm-hmm. terms of difficulty, and then hard and survivor, and then in some post-launch patch they're going to put in uh, grounded mode. Uh, which is mm. the one that takes away the HUD and the listening mode and, and all that Ooh. kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, which that's actually so. So when I got excited, this is going back like I guess I don't know forty five minutes now. Um, when I got excited about potentially playing The Last of Us two was a couple of years ago when I replayed The Last of Us uh, remastered on mm-hmm. the PlayStation four. So I I think I picked it up for like 10 bucks it's it's on sale all the time on psn um and so when i played it on ps3 uh there were things about it that i didn't love like the fact that the triggers don't shoot things and i will complain about that until the day that i die that's one of the biggest problems with the playstation 3 is the triggers don't act like triggers and that's dumb um but so in in the PS4 version, it one you just have a much better controller to play the game with, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the control scheme is better because you use triggers to aim and shoot. Uh, but then also, like the game just looks better, and it it's just I don't know. Um, so I went back and played it, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play this on hard because when I originally played it, um, I felt like the normal mode was a little too easy because I was playing it almost like a Splinter Cell game. I was playing it very stealthfully. And in the first game, stealth is kind of like the cheat way to play it in a way. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's a fun game to play stealthfully, but it's not like a good stealth game in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it's designed to be more of a shooter. And I remember talking to you and Joel sometime I don't know, I guess 2013 or 14, we were talking about um, The Last of Us, and it was a whole bunch of people's, you know, favorite game from from that year. Um, Mm. And I remember talking about the final section with the infected, uh, where you're in Salt Lake City, and there's like this big underground tunnel. Um, And so you're, you're trying to get Ellie to the Fireflies. Which, if uh-huh. I'm spoiling elements for The Last of Us 1 for people, I'm very sorry. I'm not going to spoil the last part, uh, but just, like, just bear with me. Um, so so there's this, like, tunnel, and it's not super long, but it's filled with infected. And I remember mm-hmm. you and Joel talking about how difficult that section was. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, wait, what? Like, that was, <laughs> like, you can literally hug the wall on the right side of the tunnel, and about halfway down... Mm-hmm. cross from the right side to the left side and then just hug the wall on the left side and make it to the end, literally never fighting anybody. And in that room, there's like two bloaters and a whole bunch of clickers and a bunch of mm-hmm. runners and stalkers. Like there's a bunch of stuff that if you go loud, you're, it's going to be a hard time. But yeah. if you, but if your brain is thinking of this game as if it were Splinter Cell or Metal Gear Solid, you're like, Oh, that was, that was cakewalk. Um, so with the new elements like the uh, like the dogs, uh, it kind of forces you to not be able to just rely on that, uh, mm-hmm. which which makes it a better stealth aim. So again, now going back a couple of minutes to when I when I replayed it, because uh, I apparently can't finish the thought. Um, I replayed the game on hard, and I enjoyed it a lot more. 
I played the DLC on Survivor mode, mm-hmm. and uh, because the DLC came out before Grounded did, so there's no achievement for beating Left Behind on Grounded mode, even though it's available. So I just played it on Survivor. And then there's a, a fudge that you can do to play the new game plus on a higher difficulty, where mm-hmm. in in the first game... Uh, when you beat the game on normal, say, and you want to do New Game Plus and you know carry all your resources and weapons into mm-hmm. your next playthrough, then you have to do a New Game Plus on normal. But if you simply load up the last chapter on mm-hmm. whatever difficulty you want and finish the game, then you can then import that into your New Game Plus and now mm-hmm. start on a higher difficulty and do... You know, basically do what the game's not trying to allow you to. That is now, I would say, fixed in The Last of Us Part 2. When you start a new game plus, it just lets you pick whatever difficulty you want to. You don't have to do any (laughs) sort of, uh, you know, save fudge to to get around that. Right, Um, yeah. But so that's that's what I did, and then I played the game on Grounded with, you know, the resources of having played the game once. And I loved that experience. Uh, playing the game without a HUD and playing the game without any sort of listening mode um, where resources are more scarce and enemies do more damage. Um, and the fact that, you know, there's no life bar on the screen. So you just, you have to pay attention to how Joel is like holding his side to know if he's really hurt or not. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it was a very engaging experience. And when I got done with that second playthrough, I was like, okay, I want more of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's tragic for them and me wanting a second game is, it's kind of like Joel's decision at the end of the first game. It's not right <sighs> for them, but yeah. damn it. It's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so so now we're here, and the game is out uh, almost exactly seven years later, which is Jeez. nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's, I it's think like that threw me off with the um, with the remake. Made me think, oh wait, yeah, no, that game's not that old. But that was originally a PS3 title. And, yeah, but yeah, the remake only are. remake only came out a year later, which is also nuts. Um, really? Oh yeah. man, my sense of time is all warped. It is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's here. It's, it's very good. Like it is a well-crafted game. Um, I, I enjoyed playing it. It's very heartfelt. I don't recommend people play it in roughly two sittings. Um, that was necessary for getting this review done, but not the best decision, uh, for simply enjoying the game. Um, I I laugh because I remember when I played the first Last of Us, I got to the um, what I didn't know at the time was the final encounter. I finished that, and then you got that scene where Joel and Ellie are on the road and they're making their way back, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put this away. It's late. I'm gonna f- I'm gonna finish this up tomorrow. You know, I'll get to the get to this chapter and then we'll keep playing. And then I get up like early the next day, get myself comfortable. I got my drink. Um, I'm all fired up to play. 
and I start up the game and it's where I left it off and uh, I trigger a conversation and the game's over. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, that is so, my positive Last of Us memory. The rest of them it's just <laughs> sadness and tears. It is it is sadness and tears. Yeah. I I, I think probably the biggest achievement is is how well this game is connected to the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um I I likened it to Infinity War and Endgame uh in my review. It, like it they this feels like the last of us part 2 it's it's not the last of us simply 2 it is it is the second half in a lot mm-hmm. of ways um and anybody that's got a PlayStation 4 uh that has any remote interest in playing it should it's it's well made it's heart-wrenching um beautiful and grotesque and today there was some interview where neil Druckmann said there might be a last of us three and i hope to god not (sighs) uh i can't take any more uh next if that happens i'm telling joel no i can't review that one somebody Mm -hmm. else has to i Mm. yeah (laughs) so so yeah uh, it's a great game. Okay. It's it's uh, five out of five, I guess. Like I don't have like all of the problems that I have with the game, I have with the industry. Uh, so it feels weird to you know reduce the score of a game apart from like I don't know. It's almost like we just need to say no games can be ten out of tens anymore um, right. because they don't deserve to be or something because <laughs> <laughs> uh, of systemic problems in in the industry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's The Last of Us 2. It is, it is weirdly similar to the first game, uh, or I guess deceptively similar. There, Mm. there's just a lot of mechanics where, like, it's, it's not that huge leap, again, kind of going back to the difference between Uncharted 1 and 2, and the difference between Last of Us and uncharted 3 or the changes from uncharted 3 to uncharted 4 like this is not that level of jump uh this is very much the last of us part two uh cool well okay (sighs) so i'm glad glad you enjoyed it i'm glad you enjoyed it i did i like when people enjoy things yeah yeah it's uh it's worth playing but it's it's a lot it's yeah it's a lot. Um, there's there's a lot that I want to dig in with somebody about the story once it's actually mm-hmm. out, and um, you know won't get sued for for talking about the game. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, people should check it out. Uh, check out my review. They should check out the video review that you were making because yeah, I, I have to go back to work um, <laughs> and I. Thankfully, I had had a day off, and so I actually, I, uh, because of that, it, I actually had several days off, uh, and so without that, this this review would not have been possible. So thank you, uh, vacation time previously scheduled for E3, uh, which is <laughs> not happening. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, Alan, thank you for for sitting down and listening to me ramble about this game. Of course, um, this is always nice because it work. You know, a, a lot of. 
a lot of times we review these games, we can't say anything, and yeah. it's the most painful thing. It is. Like, the most, the most painful for me was being able to play Red Dead Redemption 2 and not have anybody to talk to about right. it with. So it's nice that we do these sessions like this where, one, we can talk about, like, a new game, mm -hmm. but also just kind of get it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you want to find out more information about the stuff that we, well, we, we talked about um, The Last of Us, you can find my review and video review in the show notes for this episode. There will also be a link for the Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality on itch.io, which, as of this recording, is at $3.5 million, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, so, so that's cool, and with that, you can buy, you can get, like, a thousand games. Yeah. Um, so that's terrifying, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So all of that, uh, check it out. If you want to find out more info just about the site in general, check out DarkStation.com. You can find us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. You can email us at podcast at DarkStation.com. Um, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. So that does it for this episode. Alan, thank you so much again for sitting down with me and chatting about The Last of Us Part 2. And... Um, yeah, for, for Alan Kessinger, uh, I'm Jonathan Miley. Thank you to everybody that's listening to this. And until next time, be safe out there. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. <laughs>